Hey, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening. Kenyut Exploration, your topic in a podcast. I am Dr. Kenyut White. Hey, you know, women are very important in, in all of us lives, right? Be it male or female, women actually set the pace. They're, they're, they're real genius. I, I mean, we, we have to love them no matter what happens. We have to respect them because they're, they're strong. And as we celebrate International Women's Day 2022, break the bias, that's a theme for this year. I'll be talking to a number of women, and they'll be talking about the challenges that they have. Each of my guests actually have, you know, there's challenges, you know, in their own life. And we want to trash that out a bit, so to speak, you know, look at what, what had gone on there and how they overcome. I know they will suggest to you who are women to overcome um, whatever challenges that you're having now. And, you know, we look at the whole thing about break the bias. And, and, and I know that there is a, a symbol, a sort of pose for break the bias. <laughs> and I'd like to engage in it. <laughs> right? Break the bias. And, you know, we are, we are trying to, to find out, oh, can you exploration? Your topic in a podcast can assist in breaking the bias as it relates to, to gender and the generational bias among our women. What, what I'd want from my guest, though, uh, let me say, first of all, welcome to, to all of you. It's nice to have you in, right? I, 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 I'm sure that you have a lot to share. Let me, let me ask you, though, to introduce yourself and to tell us briefly what the challenges that you had are having um, at this point. Just, just tell us about that briefly. Let me start with, with um, Stephanie. Sure. Hello. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. You know, there is definitely a challenge of being a woman for sure. I am a speaker and an author and a podcaster and a CEO of a nonprofit. And I think as a woman in the um, nonprofit industry, that's a typical thing to see women in that industry. But definitely, you have to rise above some of that bias that women have at, and be a leader in your own right. And that's certainly a challenge. And then in the nonprofit arena, a lot of people go into the nonprofit world because of some sort of trauma in their life and some sort of passion. And I am no different. I am a survivor of domestic and sexual violence and have been, um, you know, have d dealt with addiction. But I think that lends to almost uh, an uphill battle sometimes when you're running um, a corporation like that. Oh, great, Stephanie. And uh, I, I'd like to, to welcome Natasha. Introduce yourself and tell us about, you know, your, your, your challenge, if you may. Hello, everyone. My name is Natasha Wright. I hail from the beautiful island of Jamaica, just like Canute. <laughs> and um, I am a uh, co-founder of an organization. I am a United Nations Peace Ambassador. I work with non-government organizations. I am an author as well, international speaker, HR consultant, leadership practitioner. I won't go into any more titles. But um, I see a lot of things happening, I must tell you. My husband and I built our business from the ground up, from working in our bedroom to now employing almost 70 um, employees 
um, nine years in. And so we have made incredible progress. However, I must tell you that there are some biases out there that they're still prevalent. They're still, they still exist. For example, you may find, um, and this is coming from my HR um, experience, that you have CEO female counterparts who get less pay. Or I'm also a sexual um, abuse um, survivor. And um, I do see in, in corporate today where you still have that kind of abuse, um, those sexual stereotypes. So there is one lady in the boardroom and, and somebody needs somebody needs something around the table and naturally they look to that, that lady to go and fetch them whatever they need. So there are still some things that are happening and I um, and have happened to me, but um, I love this year's theme because we are breaking all those biases. Cool, so happy cool. to be here. I love that. I love that. Melanie. Hi, what an honor to be here again, Dr. White. Thank, Thank you. you. And with these lovely women, what a treat to be around leaders. Um, I... I am also an author and a speaker, and I'm a coach. I, I teach neuro coaching. I help people train their brain to look at life different, to get a different result and perspective, right? So there, as you know, as a woman, I think there is so many things that we deal with that are different than men because we're women and we have strengths that are different than men and men have strengths as well. And so one of the things that has been coming up a lot for me and the women that I talk to is pornography. And I know that um, sex and, and the educational inequality uh, that's going on globally also is, is something that takes away from women being able to, to, to have children and be at home or ha try to juggle a job and be a mom, um, caregiving and, and also, um, what was already mentioned of, you know, being paid less or not having the opportunity to get education. Um, I, I also think that, you know, the sexuality and pornography is another way that is is hurting women, even in our intimate relationships. Um, and and the addiction of pornography and and the women that are being used in pornography also, I think it it is is hurting us as women and and our relationships. Nice, I love that. I love that. And let, let me hear you um, introduce yourself and tell me, you know, what your personal experiences as related to challenges. Hi, I'm Eileen Franco, and I'm a certified holistic wellness coach and founder of Radiant Wellness. And one of the challenges that I had encountered, which uh, in turn uh, changed my whole life and career, was when I was transitioning into midlife, which is uh, what natural process for every woman. Uh, perimenopause and menopause is finding that in the corporate world, and I worked in the corporate world for 36 years, 36 years, corporate America, 
there's not enough support. And actually there's a stigma for women that are going through this transition, especially when you're in your fifth decade, um, there is this perspective that, you know, you're no longer, you know, at the end of the, the, your life for you, or you're, you know, you're getting too old, you don't have skills. And especially in corporate America, there's this, um, um, stigma about that. And many women feel ashamed about, um, talking about this in, to their managers, especially if they're men and women. So uh, men, young men, actually, um, they don't speak about it and they suffer in silence. I, when I went through that challenge, I had no support whatsoever. I ended up in short-term disability and ended up resigning from my corporate job after finally starting to earn six figures, you know, being a minority, it took me such a long time, but you know, in today's world, um, my passion is to be able to help women um, know that there's a way around it and to end their suffering naturally. Because there's many women that, especially in the UK, there's a staggering number of women, less than a million, that have left their jobs due to this natural process. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's challenging. But but I've not heard much, right? I, I'm not sure if I've heard that from... Um... Stephanie, as it relates to your, your personal challenge that, that you have had, right? I, I know, ladies, you, you're all strong ladies. That is why I actually reach out to you guys, right, uh, ladies? You know, and, and there is there's something that you need to say as it relates to your challenge, uh, you know, your challenges to, to empower other women. So, so let me hear that um, from, from you guys, uh, starting with Stephanie. Yeah, you know... My personal um, story really started from the abandonment of my biological father. And I think that led me into a trajectory of, of really trying to seek um, that acceptance, that value, that worth. And I think that's something for women particularly, certainly men deal with that as well. But I think for women, we have that yearning to be accepted, to be, um, to be loved, to be um, somebody that, that means something that matters. And not that men don't have that, but I think there is a natural societal acceptance of men over women already. And so as women, we have to prove ourselves over and over and over again. And whether that be um, in the family life, whether that be in the workplace, whatever it may be, that is something that happens over and over again. And um, definitely to uh, Melanie's point with the objectifying of women in uh, society, that is a huge issue that we have to overcome right then and there so that we are looked at as um, people who are making a difference in society and life as opposed to something very physical, physically objectifying. And I think that was that was my struggle throughout my life. All right. Yeah, thanks for that, Stephanie. Melanie, um, would you like to share your personal um, challenges um, and just to empower women out there? Sure. I, I think um, just as a married woman and, and being someone who is very ambitious and wanting to um, make, you know, a name for herself and, and make an income, I, 
I kind of had my own problems with inside of a marriage um, being the breadwinner. And, uh, you know, I struggled with, um, I don't know if it, it was jealousy or a, a type of kind of wanting to keep me down. Um, and I'm sure I, I know other women struggle with that too. And, um, you know, my first marriage, there was a lot of control and, um, and, you know, there was, there was a power, <laughs> there was a, a fight for power within the marriage because of this drive that I had for ambition and making my own money and, and it, it became a conflict. And I learned so much from that because I think all of us have to take responsibility for our part in, in a relationship. And yet I think that, um, you know, women have been changing the way we want to be seen um, and changing our role in the home. Yeah. And, and so this, this is my personal, um, my personal pain or challenge and struggle has been able to, you know, now that I'm remarried, you know, that I can still have ambition, I can still have drive and I can still have respect. Um, and this, this takes practice to, to learn how to respect and, and not be threatened by someone else's success and, um, women on women can also feel that way. So it's it's kind of taking responsibility. We all get to take responsibility for for being able to cheer one another on and support one another. And, uh, you know, what I really think is love one another. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I, I see you, um, Natasha. I, I see you, you know, <laughs> you want to, to say something on that and, and also to, to um, express, oh. you know, you know what you think that women can can actually overcome and, and um, let us hear about your your challenges you know can we just started this conversation and already i have to tell you thank you for giving us a platform to be so transparent um stephanie embodied um her message not long ago about her story and it's the same with melanie and even ellen has her her very own story Mine is a little different, but in some uh, in some way, we all have had to overcome something. Um, I was born and raised in a poverty-stricken area. Lost my my dad at ten years old. Lost my my mother at sixteen. Um, then my grandmother, like a year after, I was pretty much on my own, trying to make everything work for myself. Went to university, got a job, and by the time I was in corporate, you would hear the whispers of what people would say about me. Oh, she's young. Oh, she has no experience. Oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. And I was in an organization for over 10 years, and I moved up the ranks, but I really never got the respect. I even remember my overhearing my CEO say, well, you know, HR wasn't for me. And he told me that to my face at, at an appraisal. He was like, listen, you're in the wrong field. You should be in the technical world because you're good at that. And that broke my heart. I was like, my word, <laughs> how hard could it possibly get? Uh, my own CEO does not believe in, in, in my dream. And, you know, I have had to, as Melanie mentioned it, and I think the word Melanie was looking for is self-sabotage. I have had to work myself through learning 
not to self-sabotage what I had in my hand because of the doubtful things that I heard coming from, you know, male counterparts or just other persons in leadership in general. And, you know, when I came out of the 95, I was made redundant, by the way, and I started my full-time job. I am now on my way to actually have more employees than that big corporation had. And this is like in two years. So, you know, it takes a lot of mental work for you to undo all the, the stigma and, you know, everything that society attached to you and on top of the trauma, like Stephanie uh, spoke about, because losing my parents, I had trauma. I want to hide it. And can you know what I do on a daily basis? Yeah. I'm all over the world speaking. I'm meeting with government agents, you know, here in the U.S., here in Jamaica. Sometimes I want to hide. And again, it's coming from the trauma. I don't want to be seen. Or it's because I overheard somebody say, well, she shouldn't be here. Or there's another term that I also have had to deal with and continuously I'm dealing with it. And I know these ladies can attest to that. And that's the imposter syndrome. Because you're now sitting with a group of, you know, you know, doctors and this, that, and the other. And you're thinking to yourself, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Natasha, I, I, I saw, before I go on to Ellen, I saw um, Stephanie. What are you yes. saying? What are you thinking, Stephanie? Yes, that imposter syndrome. That's a tough one because you start to doubt yourself. You start to look at everybody else and you measure your worst against everybody's best. And then you start to think, oh my gosh, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. I, I can't you know, give what these people are giving. And that is a dangerous, that's dangerous self-talk. And we need to be telling ourselves the positive things about what we have not only accomplished, I mean, recognize what you've already accomplished, but what you can continue to accomplish. So I just, okay. I really appreciate that because that's huge. Thank you for that, Stephanie. Ellen, um, maybe you have alluded to it before, but what are, what are your challenges? You know, describe your challenge or challenges to us, you know, that you have actually overcome. Well, the ones that I have practically come overcome has been being more myself and being more authentic to who I really am. For, you know, you're raised in a cultural perspective, especially the Hispanic perspective that you're here to become a mother and a child. And, and you know, I was born and raised in the USA, so get a job, have a career. But then there's always that thing, that dream in the back of your mind, but I want to do more. I want to be able to accomplish things. So you become someone that you're not practically, that you not, you're not in order to kind of follow society norms and what the cultural norms place on you. So you drown your own voice, you drown your own self. But there, then there's a, a, a situation that occurs in your life. Like I had a health breakdown and that kind of really made me take a step back and tell myself, wait a second, I need to be who I want to be. And it doesn't matter the age and it doesn't matter how, you know, there's so many fears that you, you have in your mind, oh, the financial security, and I'm not able to leave that job for nine to five. I felt that for so many years. I want to have my own business. I want to go out there and make a difference in the world. But how? What can I do? 
And it was a real struggle to, to overcome that myself, but I had to do a lot of internal work. It does take a lot of mental work. It does take a lot of um, fighting that imposter syndrome and saying, hey, I do have a voice. I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to go out there and let women know that no matter the age, it's never too late. You can have your dreams come true. I mean, I'm 55 and I'm here following my dreams no matter what. Yeah. This is Kenyute Exploration, your topic in the podcast, International Women's Day 2022. It, the theme is actually break the bias. And I'm sitting here with a few men who have had their own challenges. And, you know, they, they can tell you, perhaps suggest to you, um, ladies, how to overcome the challenges that you are facing. Now, let, let, let's, let's look at the general challenges that, that women across the globe are, are facing. Um, Ellen, I, I know I'm with you, but let me start with you again. Talk to me about what you think. Challenges? Oh my yeah, God. In general. In general, there's, you're seeing. Um, there, there's definitely a whole lot of challenges. There is a power, uh, a lack of empower, empowerment of women in the political arena. There's inequality, gender uh, pay gap. Of course, you know, women is 20% less than men. There's less seat at the table where women are are, are able to represent women themselves. There's health inequality for women, and within that, there's also you know if you are African American, there's there's even more inequality there to quality health care, especially if they're pregnant. So, on a general sense, there's so much issues. The their lack of education women are experiencing and in third world countries is even more so so women despite the fact that we make 50 percent of the workforce we're still making less than you know men despite the fact that we have the education and we have the 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 background and the, the strength there's just this perspective that women are incompetent or less less qualified to lead in corporate america in courtrooms i mean it's across the board yeah I I, I, I'd like to, 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 to ask Natasha. I mean, these ladies, the other ladies are from the United States, Natasha. You are from Jamaica, representing the Caribbean, right? <laughs> um, what, what Ellen had just said, do you see that in Jamaica and the Caribbean? And, and then you can also tell me about the other challenges that women have around the world. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love to bring light to um, my country and the, the other Caribbean countries. I must tell you that in terms of the um, sex in, in leadership, Jamaica has actually a very high ratio. So we have like, um, let's say about 50 percent female leaders i must tell you so we do well i know the last time they had the statistics we were probably about 46 i know we're at 50 so when you look at the banks the medical arena the political arena the last election we had there are so many women sitting in the house of parliament it's unbelievable um, and so we see where it's getting better in terms of having um, that proportionate um, male to female leaders. Um, however, there is still that pay gap issue, uh, I must tell you. It, it still happens. So you will have that male counterpart has exact, the exact qualification experience and he goes home with so much more. And um, 
Then when you look at, and I think Melanie uh, mentioned this so well, just the over-sexualization, if that's even a word, of, of females. It happens here in the Caribbean a lot. And of course, Caribbean women are known to be... Um, quote-unquote sexy and we love carnivals and so and so so you know i think that and especially like in our music in dance hall um reggae sometimes it comes off definitely in a negative way um and so you do have those areas or pockets where you know males would make reference to all oh, the females should just stay at home and take care of the children what are you doing going to school However, when you look in our universities, our ratio between males, it's unbelievable. We're like 75 to 25 or probably 70 to 30. Yeah. So I think there needs to be some kind of intervention for our males at this point, because where it's heading, you can definitely see where the women are stepping out and doing a lot more. So I would say that we're doing pretty well in the Caribbean, but there are still areas, there's still... There's still so much need, especially to pull up our young ladies who are in um, deprived situations, who are in you know less fortunate areas. They definitely need the help. They need they they need the support because if they stay in those environments, they would think that that's all there is to just stay there, become uh, a figure or you know a housewife, and nothing is wrong with that or just become a mother, but there's so much more. Okay, great. I, I love that, Natasha. Uh, as I move to Stephanie. Stephanie, what are you seeing around the globe? You, you have been you know, talking to, 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 to people around the world, and what are you seeing? You know, I, I think that with women, definitely that pay gap is yeah. a huge thing. We're, we're, we're seeing some headway in women in the corporate world and women having a seat at the table. Um, we need more of that, especially women of color. There is definitely a gap there. Um, I think that we do have to break those down those barriers, though, of the, the sexualization of women. I think that that is probably the biggest gap that that I see. You know, even in the the corporate and political world where a woman gets ahead, you know, there's this mindset that there are reasons that a woman gets ahead or that um, I have a good friend who is a very successful politician. She's a tiny little thing. And somebody actually questioned her ability to govern because she is small. That, that would never happen to a man. And so I think those are the things that we are definitely challenged by. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Coming to you, um, Melanie. But um, there you see in Ukraine, women are fighting, right? They're, they're taking up arms. And, you know, we have, we have to appreciate that women are stepping out, you know. Melanie, what, what are you seeing? Well, I, I just, I feel like this is an education for me hearing your guys' perspectives. And um, I, I mean, I have been, I did travel once to Tanzania. So I have been out of the United States. Uh, and I, I just know that as what's been shared is that, that we all have a responsibility to 
to get information out and get education out and and let people be able to you know have a platform where they can really be themselves and i really do believe that women have something to offer the world that's different than men and we both get to contribute yeah. to this world and this life and um I think sometimes these these roles get mixed up. I think the other thing that's going on, this is my personal opinion, is that we are taking on too much because we're trying to be a mom, a wife, a mother, um, a daughter, and have this career and be all all things to all people. And and that's been, um, you know, I I think sometimes as women we've taken on this because we do you know, we want so badly to be equal that we're actually doing more to try to prove ourselves. And it's actually shooting us in the foot because uh, I, I think it, what, something else that was mentioned with the hormones and um, and how our bodies change and, you know, we we take on all this stuff and then it's like, were we really meant to take on all this stuff? And I... Yeah. I've learned how to, I need, I need help. I can't do it all alone and I can't be all things to all people. And, and so that means we have to, there, there's some, um, some picking and choosing of what, what, what is, what am I being called to do? You know, I, I look to my faith of like, God, what are you calling me to do? What is the priority? You know? Yeah. And, um, I still have a 15 year old at home. You know, and and so it's like this balance between, you know, having a teenager who's getting to drive, and um, yeah. there's so many things that are going on with our youth, and our our youth are struggling. And you know, usually the mom, you know, that was the mom was the one who was there to 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 uplift them and encourage them and teach them and educate them and and lift them up. Um, and and now our youth you know, are having all these mental health issues. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's, and, and women are good at that. We women are women good are at nurturing we, our kids. We, we, um, you have said something that's really, you know, something we need to discuss. What are you called to do? I think later on, we can look at that, you know, before we end, you know, you guys can discuss that, but, um, let, let's, let's talk, briefly about how women can now overcome. We talk about the challenges here on Kenyut Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I am Dr. Kenyut White. And, and we talk about the challenges, but now the overcoming of those challenges. It's women, International Women's Day 2022, break the bias, overcoming those challenges. Let me hear you starting with um, Natasha again. Okay, awesome. Um, I have to, I must tell you, the name of my company is Mind Food International. Um, I, it sounds similar to what uh, Melanie does, just speaking about those neurological, if I'm not mistaken, ways that you can improve your life. And that's pretty much what we do, except our core is leadership. But everyone was born to be a leader in one way or another when it comes to purpose. Um, and so for me, it's that um, overhauling of your thought process and then relearning those things that are actually true because we go through life with so many 
um, lies or, you know, things that we were told that are not true. And we have believed them. We have taken them on to think that it's true. We can only go this far. You know, we, we are lesser counterparts to our, our husbands or we're only created to do whatever our husbands say. And, and I'm not in any way, I'm not preaching feminism. I'm not into it. I'm just saying that we are all important as human beings. We all have a purpose and we all have a drive, as Ellen said. And so you have to overhaul your thought process. Because if you are to continue in that same limited belief, you're not going to get very far. You're actually going to be living in the confines of what society says you ought to be. And so I would start there. And then the second thing is learn to develop, find ways to develop confidence. Now, you can do this through having mentors. You can do it by, you know, watching videos. You can do it by dressing up. That's a big part. That's a big thing for me. I'm all about showing up and looking the part and feeling good so that I can deliver and then the third thing is to, uh, and I'm not going to be long, the third thing is to develop yourself. Okay. Um, I have a statement that I say, I never go anywhere empty-headed or empty-handed. I'm coming with value. So when I step in a room, I don't ever have to worry about cowering down because I know what I have to give is going to be valuable. Right, it may not be the same audience as Ellen or Melanie or Stephanie. However, Natasha has her own niche, and they need to hear from me. Okay. So when we stop here, we can achieve. I got you. I got you. I love that, um, Natasha. Stephanie, how do you think the you know women can overcome? Give suggestions. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I love what you said, Melanie. And I think the, the bottom line is we can have it all. We just can't have it all at the same time. And we really have to make sure that we are um, doing what we are called to do at the given time that we are called to do it. And it's going to look different for all of us. And it's going to look different for all of our ages. When I was young and had kids, younger and had kids, um, I wasn't doing what I'm doing today. I wasn't running a corporation. Those are, those are things that we can learn. And I think we can overcome our challenges by being very honest with ourselves and not trying to do it all at once um, by uh, really work, getting support, getting a support system through friends, through mentors. Exactly what you said, Natasha. I think that is so important. We need to not do it alone. And um, and and my faith is very important to me. I think that. Um, you know, relying on a faith to really support what it is that you're doing. Those are the ways that we can truly overcome our challenges. But I think if we try and do it all too much um, and and take it all on at once, we're not going to we're not going to make it. We have to be very honest with ourselves and what we can and can't accomplish all at once. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Stephanie. Melanie. How do you see getting over this, this, these challenges? Talk to the women. Well, I love what has been shared. I talked to my 93-year-old granny this week, and she agrees uh, with the getting dressed. Get up in the morning and get dressed. And this darling 93-year-old 
granny of mine, she puts her clip on earrings, whether she's leaving the house or not and gets her, you know, she puts herself together and wants yeah. to make sure her hair is looking good <laughs> and smell and she's smelling good. And, and I just, I, and she told me, you know, Mel, I dress for myself, you know, and she said, there's something that, that we can do for ourselves every single day. And that that's to show up for ourselves. And so I just thought that was so sweet, especially because the day before I had stayed in my workout clothes. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, granny, I'm going to take your advice. And I love, you know, and it, I felt like I was validated from what was said earlier, that that is so important to, you know, show up for ourselves and get dressed and show up for the day. Mm. Uh, and I think, um, I know that body language can change our neuroplasticity in our brain and, and release chemicals and hormones and help us get a, a better result faster than just affirmations. Affirmations are awesome. And if you could just add one piece of body language with that, um, there's been so many studies with, you know, a power pose or, you know, putting your arms in the air and, and uh, a high five, you know, our brain knows what a high five means. And the, the body language has really been helping me lately um, in repetition, right? So, so that's the way, that's the way we build a new way of thinking is repetition. And when you learn, if you're learning anything today, you know, you have to get into action because learning has an expiration. If, if we don't use what we learn, it actually, whew, you have to learn it again. So um, they say like within 24 hours, 90% of whatever you've learned it like goes out the door. It's like, we forget about it. And so that's why you, we, we have to be a, a, you know, women of action. We have to, you know, take one thing and it doesn't have to be a lot, you know, even, you know, if it's just like this 1% change where, you know, today I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to wear lipstick all week long, you know, just every day I'm going to put my lipstick on. And it's, it's like, it's just 1% change of, of doing something. And it, it doesn't have to be lipstick, but I'm just okay. saying, figure finding something that you can get into action about so that it sticks. And then your brain starts building like creative ways and ideas and solutions for, for that as we actually are in action. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, Ellen. Oh, oh, you, oh, you see women overcoming or coping? Oh, well, I'm going to talk about how I was able to overcome. Okay. Hopefully it would be uh, a great, That's all right. not golden nuggets for them. But first of all, I have a few, but first of all, you really have to self-accept yourself. If you have to accept yourself fully, love yourself for who you are, stop comparing yourself to other people. You are unique, you are beautiful, and you have something to offer women in no matter what, in your family, in your community, the people surrounding you. You can't compare yourself to others because that's going to be your demise. You really have to accept yourself with your flaws and all because we are all imperfect. And we are imperfectly perfect and we have to take actions in regard with those with that mindset and then really digging in deep and looking at all the areas in in your life as a wellness coach look at all your areas in your life 
rate it from one to 10. And those areas that are not uh, that are in need of areas of improvement, identify action steps that you can improve it. Because to be honest with you, um, if we, as women, we have, we wear so many hats. We are nurturers. Um, we, we take the kids to school. We work. We, we take care of our parents. If we, we can't pour from an empty cup. And in order to be able to put, um, give our best to our community and raise our voice, you have something to say. You have to be, you know, think about your wellness. You're, you, for so long, many women put themselves on the back burner all the time, putting everybody else in front versus putting themselves first. And, you know, it's not selfish to put yourself first for once and think about taking care of yourself and then taking care of your health so you can go out there and then make a difference in the wor world in however that means to you. Being able to ask the questions, what's the barriers? What's limiting me from moving forward and taking action? And then identifying, prioritizing, and then uh, prioritizing and then identifying steps and setting goals. That's how I was able to overcome. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Ladies, so interesting. Kenyut Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I'm Dr. Kenyut White, sitting here with some lovely ladies, you know, trying to empower other ladies and how to deal with challenges after they have gone through their own challenges in life. But now I would want to, to have you ladies. There, there's a number of things that came out of this discussion. I'm not sure, you know, if you want to ask each other questions as it relates to what you have heard from, from, the, from the person. And, and um, take 10 minutes to do that. Let's have a discussion. Um, what are you called for? That, that's one of the things that we want to push in there. What are you called to be? What are you called for? You know, what, 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 where, where are your mindset, ladies? Talk to, talk to us. Okay, <laughs> Stephanie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go with it. What are you calling for? We are all so kind. I think you you would have had to tell us who should start because yeah. we, we <laughs> I, I, I want to see how you guys run over that. Right? But, um, that's all right. Yeah. Um. Well, I I believe I'm called to to train and to help equip people as a HR professional. But then there is also that side of me, which is my passion, also my purpose, which is to help those who are broken, broken in the sense that they've gone through past trauma. I'm not a licensed psychiatrist, therapist, none of that. But I simply go and I share my story and share how I have been able to change my mindset. And so I'm passionate about that too. And it makes me feel so good to know that I'm able to help other women because they're struggling with areas for 20, 30 years thinking that they have to walk around with this kind of baggage. You know, I, I know that you guys do the same and I'd love to, I'd love to hear from each of you. Like what, what has that journey been like to take other persons through that process and to hold their hands like as coach and as authors and all of that. Go ahead, guys. I'm that's, out. That's really good. I, I love that. I, I I feel like I can relate to all of you in, in so many different ways. One of the things that I know that I'm called to do is to help people um, 
really use, turn their trauma into something that makes them successful. Cause we all have trauma. We all have areas in our lives that um, we really need to use our resilience to catapult us forward. And what does that look like? And instead of sitting back and saying, well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm too old. I'm too much of a woman. I'm too, whatever it is. We can use those things to be successful leaders in whatever that is. And leadership I think a lot of times we think leadership as, oh, that's the CEO, that's the, and yes, that's true, but you are also a leader in your home. You're a leader in your community. And so whatever that looks like is um, taking that, uh, those situations that you have come from and using those to be quality leaders in your own right. Wow, that's amazing. I just I just love hearing all your perspectives and I totally agree. Like Stephanie, I can relate to a lot of what's being said here. Uh, and it's definitely have to do with mindset. That's where we definitely have to begin because that's where the battle is won first. For me, I feel that my purpose, uh, finally, after 50 something years, after 52 years, I was able to find my purpose and passion. And I believe is to empower women with the knowledge of your body, the, the knowledge of how our body works, how our, how our hormones work, and, and show them that there's a natural way to be able to improve their wellness, um, overturn, reverse their current state of well-being so that they can thrive in their new um, phase of their life as they transition into midlife. I believe that, you know, the medical industry um, is, you know, um, pushes a lot of medication and it's medication that increases our risk of a lot of diseases, which is even worse for us and doesn't help and um, can even have, you know, deadly consequences to them. So they are natural processes. So I believe that I've been called to empower women with the natural ways, holistic ways to improve their well-being so they can thrive um, ever, ever more so in their new chapter in their lives. Oh, I just love that because I'm definitely coming into that time of year. And um, so one thing that I, and that has to do with, with hormones changing is emotions. And I was wondering how you guys feel about, you know, when we, sh when, when I feel like it's an asset to be connected in that way and have and be, I am definitely someone who's sensitive and, and definitely I cry for a lot of different reasons. And they've done the statistics on, you know, men cry much less than women. And I think that sometimes people have even judged women on being emotional or crying or, you know, being, um, irrational, you know, that word, yes. uh, that, that our emotions are making our decisions. And I, I was just wondering what you guys thought about that. I, I think my emotions, um, you know, as we talk about mindset of, you know, being able to know what the truth is from the lies and having tools to figure that out so that you're not just letting your emotions control you. But I also think emotions are signals and that they give us information that something's going on. So, you know, even with this, like, change in my hormones and it, it does feel like I cry a lot more and it doesn't always have to be sad. It's just, I'm feeling something. Um, and, and, and sometimes I even, um, feel 
you know, a little vulnerable as, as far as, you know, like suck it up. Don't, don't, don't cry this time. Or, you know, there's different times where I've realized, you know, it's oh, even letting my son see me cry or see me upset. You know, I try to, in a lot of ways, I, I want to have this, um, I want you to see me a certain way. And, and it, it has actually been beneficial in my close relationships to allow people to really see me. And then we're talking about, you know, you guys are professionals just like me. And so it's like, is that, you know, this, this difference between how much emotion uh, do you, do you guys show? That's what I wanted to ask. Okay. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, ladies. So for me, I wanted just to share my experience on that. I remember I had a boss that once told me that I wore my emotions on my sleeves. And that was not good because, you know, when you're in a corporate world and you have that, they that really right then and there, it, it just knocks you off what, whatever corporate ladder you thought you were going to climb because you're supposed to have this thick skin and all that. I, I've learned throughout the years that it's okay for you to have your emotions. I believe it's your body's ways of telling you that there's something going on deeper than what's coming up front for it. But I do believe that you need to become emotionally intelligent in a sense where you are able to know, wait a second, I can control myself at this moment because at this moment, this is not going to work for me if I burst out crying in the middle of a conference. You know what I mean? And being able to also understand where the other person is coming from because people project onto you their own insecurities and you when you become emotionally intelligent, you're like, okay, I know where that person is coming from. And then you know how to help them to come into their own and, and help them to see where they need to actually improve a little bit. That's how I've been able to experience that. That's how I would, that's my experience. I, I want to piggyback off of what Ellen has said. Melanie, I'm so happy you brought this up because, uh, listen, this conversation is so divine. Yes. Now, we know about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, and every single time we turn that TV on and they bring up these international um, standards and protocols, we hear them talk about diplomacy. They do things in a diplomatic way and coming off of emotional intelligence, even as a trained um, um, NGO um, ambassador, peace ambassador, they literally train us on how to be tactful and diplomatic. When you are emotionally intelligent, even when it hurts, <laughs> you gotta hold it in a little bit, right? You just hold it in a little bit. And if Stephanie says something that's so hurtful, it's so mean to me, I can look at Stephanie and I say, well, Stephanie, I don't agree. That's not what I was trying to say, but we can have this conversation at another time if you would like, right? I don't just fly off the handle and start cussing and fussing as my daughter would say, right? And so, yes. And so you have to be emotionally intelligent and yes. intelligent and then learn the art of speaking tactfully and diplomatically. You know, uh, you have some persons who no would true. say, Yes. Some persons will say, oh, you know, you sound so fake, but you save your relationships yeah. that way, right? 
And so maybe when Helen um, supervisor told her, well, you wear your emotions on your sleeve, maybe at that point in time, you didn't really express yourself in a mature way. And that was what it was. It was taken to mean that you just wear your, your emotions on your sleeve. But guess what, guys? Our feelings are important, but our feelings are not facts. I say yes. this all the time. I can get mad right now, and then I'll be smiling the next second. <laughs> and then after that, I'll be upset again and then irritated, and it goes on and on and on. Our feelings are not facts, but they do lead to they do show us that there's something happening what you need to do is to be aware but choose yeah. your responses yeah, yeah. oh Three i love minutes, that guys. Three minutes oh, to, to go. let me just let me just right, add that really quickly because that is so important i love what everybody is saying and i think that as women particularly we have to be very careful about that and we have to make sure that we are not um, responding in a way that is emotional we have to learn how to have proper conflict resolution and that is critical in everything we do and then and then when we're with a friend and we're talking on the phone we can let it all out but at the you know at the time we need to respond appropriately and i think that is so brilliant right i was saying you have three minutes to go you know so, i mean continue for a while oh. a little longer. <laughs> you have anything else to share i mean I, i'm enjoying this you know <laughs> you know just talking about leadership uh, and you know are you sure <laughs> we could go on all yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> i think that the whole thing you know I, i'm hoping that we can do a part two where you guys just right. have a good discussion I, yes. I know i i'll think about that and, yes. and and bring you back on yes yes <laughs> right because um, ladies you you're you're really so 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 good you know the, yeah. the, the encouragement that you offer it, it's it's really really amazing you know, I, I I want to to look as we as we wrap up uh, and on this thing about break the bias though. I, I thought I like this. This this um those of you watching will see it, but those of you listening on your favorite podcast platform wouldn't see it. That's um the the pause for for this year um women day um break yeah something like that break break the bias. Come guys, let's let's have it. <laughs> Break, break the bias, yeah, and we are going to be breaking the bias together. But, but quickly as we as we wrap up, you know, one minute to answer each of you. What do you understand by break the bias? Breaking the bias, starting with Ellen. Ellen, you go. Yeah, for me, breaking the bias is really um, being truth to what you believe and speaking out, um, speaking your truth and standing up against what's right and doing what's right. And that's how you'll break the bias. I believe that, you know, in my niche and helping women know don't take medication because natural is better for you. I'm going to speak that until I'm blue in the face because that's my truth. And I'm speaking authentically and I'm speaking for something that will help them. So I believe in being authentic and honest and transparency. You'll go a long way with that. Okay. Stephanie? Yes, I think it's all about resilience and resilience is uh, getting up when you're knocked down. And I think that breaking that bias is really about as as women, we we need to be resilient. We need to not sit in that place and camp in um, a place where it's not healthy for us. We may take two steps forward, two steps back, 
but we need to move the needle forward. Yeah, go ahead, Melanie. Break the bias. To me, it's it's about the mindset that we've been talking about. It's it's breaking free of these chains, you know, happy, joyous, and free. It, it it's you know, to me, happy is a decision, you know. Having joy in your life is a choice and and freedom, you know, it, these are the things that that we get from doing something different. So, you know, you have to break the bias. You you have to get outside of yourself. You have to do something different to get something different. And so for me, it's like, you know, it's I, I just see like these chains being broken or, you know, just breaking free um, to really enjoy what what I believe God intended for us to be and, and also what was shared about, you know, living up to our potential and, and being, you know, who you are and, and getting to show that to the world and, and not being afraid. Great. We don't have to be afraid. Great. Natasha, quickly, one minute. Sure. Uh, for me, breaking the bias is living in your purpose, walking in your purpose. What's that thing you are called to do? What is it that you dream about every single day? It doesn't matter what anybody says or what statistics says. You are that one to actually shatter that record. And so once you just forget about, you know, what everybody else is saying or has to say about what you are called to do, when you act on it, you will realize that you're going to go so much further than you even thought or imagined you possibly could. And so that's it for me. Working Ladies. on that thing you're called to do. Ladies, we are going to break the bias. Thanks for coming, all of you, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it, you know. And um, I'm hoping that we could do a part two. Um, we'll talk about that. All right, ladies. Um, thanks for coming on Canute Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I am Dr. Canute White. Remember, we're still in the pandemic. Hey, so you know what to do, ladies and gentlemen, and um, keep it going. Thanks for watching. Thanks.